0: The Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Leachio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Leachio.
1: Rich, the Battle of Football (laughs) County was last night. It's the best week of the year. The ship was rocking. We have the best jobs in the world, don't we?
0: Oh, man, you got to love it. You got to love being a part of an event like that the potato bowl the 15th annual potato bowl fpc they win of course and we'll get into all of that i do want to say uh uh want to give a lot a shout out to all our friends there at matanzas they were very accommodating great as always hooked us up with a bunch of gear uh pirate gear which we will be wearing Well, I'll be wearing anyway at the Atlantic game next week. But I just wanted to say thank you to everybody out there. Jordan Butler, Coach Forrest, uh, everybody who who, uh, really made it such an enjoyable experience for us uh, at the ship for the potato bowl. And, yeah, we do have the best job in the world because we can go to the potato bowl and have fun broadcasting the game and and uh, say uh, we're working. (laughs) So it's it's pretty spectacular. It really is
1: it really is and i always say that if this was a job i wouldn't do it cuz i have a job it's it's work we we definitely put in a lot of work but it's not a job it's something we get to do and it's a privilege and we're very lucky to have support from both schools and you know would have liked to have seen a closer game last night but it would sometimes it doesn't work out that way you know i think FPC showed that they're a much better team than a lot of the critics thought. I mean, myself included to a certain extent. I'm going to take accountability here and say that, you know, after week one, I wasn't really sure how good FPC could be. They looked like they had a lot of things to fix. Here's the thing, though. In the last three weeks, it seems like they fixed them.
0: Oh, yeah, and and, and fixed them really quickly because, sure, I, no one can blame you or anybody else to question what kind of success this team can have. Uh, this year, when you're transitioning to a new coach, uh, you had some transfers. You don't have. You're trying to figure out who your quarterback is, and you get smoked that first week up in Swanee, a game that you won last year on the field anyway on the scoreboard. And and you look at it and you say, man, uh, not looking too good here. Not sure what the Bulldogs can be. And they come right back. They they get the early bye the second week, and then Bishop Moore. You look at that game. All of a sudden. We have a quarterback. Hayden Gonzalez is our guy. He's using all of his weapons. Marcus Mitchell is looking healthy again. Um, and that defense led by Kobe Cronk, it looks something serious. So it, it was a relatively quick fix in figuring out an identity to your team to the point where you develop something like the elephant offense for short yardage situations. Um, but even with the quick turnaround from Swanee to Bishop Moore. I did not see this coming in this game, such domination uh, to the point where you have over 300 yards rushing in the game. And and Caden Gonzalez has this incredibly efficient game throwing the football. And you never really got a sense in the entire night that uh, FPC was in any trouble in this game, 28 to nine, the final score. Although, you know, there was a point where Matanzas could have pulled it to within one score.
1: Yeah, they had a couple bad breaks, but Matanzas made a couple bad breaks of their own. We, I think we discount Swanee a little bit because they're a 2S school, so they're a smaller school. But they were a 10-win team last year, and they're a team that seems well on their way to another deep playoff run. And so maybe it was a little bit of overreaction to Swanee because it was a tough situation coming in with three quarterbacks, and having to go on the road and you have a lightning delay and you're playing a very good team. And, you know, it, it just wasn't FPC's night. And maybe now hindsight is twenty twenty. I said it during the broadcast last night. But now looking back, maybe we over – I say we. I think myself. I, I've got to own up to it overreacted a little bit. But I think at the end of that game we saw hope in Katie Gonzalez. And Katie Gonzalez has done nothing to disappoint at this point, he was very efficient last night, 13 of 19, 114 yards passing. Again, we talked about it last week during the broadcast, and we talked about it on the show, Throw Vember. That's a guy who's taking care of the ball. They're not putting a lot on him, but when they put the ball in his hands and ask him to make a play, he's doing it.
0: Oh, yeah, and he's accurate and efficient with his passes. He's very confident. He's got pocket awareness. If it breaks down, he can get outside of the pocket and make a play. I, you know, it's to the point where I wouldn't even call this kid a game manager. Cause like you said, if you need him to make a play, he's going to make a play. He's a threat and he has weapons on the outside and he get, he could get the ball to Isaac and Neil and uh, all his weapons. So Cody Newton, uh, he, he's just uh, he, you see him utilizing these guys and then you got big number four back there who uh, last night, we've seen a lot of Philip Moultrie comes to mind. He always comes to mind for me, uh, old school pirate, but uh, you know, that is as dominating a performance from a running back I've ever seen in football County. And it wasn't like it was just power running the footwork that he showed last night, the patience behind the line waiting for holes to open up to the ability to uh, shake off uh, initial contact and, and break out into the open field. It's how many times did it look like he was going to be stuck in the backfield, and then he just cuts to the outside and he's gone. Uh, twenty-yard run after twenty-yard run. It was it was pretty incredible. And there were certain plays where it, it just seemed like the pirates just could not tackle him. <laughs> he was he was running like a man possessed out there. There was no stopping him. It was it was really fun to watch. Not to, not fun to watch if you're a pirate. I get it, but it was a special, special night. And man, that and and Kobe Cronk, I, you know, uh, he was one of your keys to the game, and he had a good game, a couple sacks, you know. He, he was all over the field as you would expect. But man, oh man, that one, that performance from um, from number four, Marcus Mitchell, that was one for the ages that we'll remember for a long, long time for sure. You
1: know who he reminds me of. He reminds me of Jerome Bettis in his running style because he's a big guy at 225 pounds, but he can move and he has and he has burst and he was able to show that time and time again tonight. Real quick on Katie Gonzalez, I just want to go back real quick because last week he completed eight passes, seven to Isaac and one to Caliendo. This week he completed he completed thirteen passes to seven receivers, so we saw his growth continue this week and i think that's a positive sign from him marcus mitchell 24 carries 283 yards four touchdowns he averaged almost 12 yards a carry you can check my math on that rich (laughs) and you're right matanzas didn't have an answer for him and i expected marcus mitchell to have a good game i expected he'd run for like 120 130 yards and you know I you know I still think Matanzas is a very good defensive team. I really do, and I don't think that Marcus Mitchell having a performance like this takes anything away from, Mar- uh, from Matanzas. It just shows that Marcus Mitchell is a damn good football player. Yeah. But Yep. He just wore him out last night. Mm.
0: Yeah. He he sure did. And, and yeah, going into the game, we didn't. You know, at least I didn't go into that game thinking, boy oh boy, the key to, the key to this ball game is gonna be can the Matanzas, Pirates, stop the Bulldog running game. And sure, that's going to be one of the keys. We know how good those guys are. We know how good uh, potentially Marcus Mitchell can be. But I think we both went into the game thinking the key is actually the other way around. Uh, Are the Pirates going to be able to protect Daquan Evans from that fierce uh, pass rushing from the FPC Bulldogs? Will they be able to stop Colby, Colby Cronk? And he did have a couple sacks in the game. But I, I honestly don't think that was as big of a factor as I thought it was going to be. This whole game came down to the fact that the Pirates could not stop the rushing attack from the Bulldogs. That was the whole game. Because at times, the Pirates showed that they could move the football. Uh, you know, you had a big touchdown pass from Daquan Evans to uh, DeFalco that was called back. You know, They moved the ball at times. As I mentioned, they had a chance they were uh, to, to come within the score. They, they ran a flea flicker, pretty amazing, that, that just missed uh, uh, DeFalco a little long on the throw. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel like there were times where the Pirates were able to function on offense. It just, you know, all night, they could not stop the running attack from the Bulldogs. And, you know, good defense, run the football, efficient quarterback play. You're usually going to win the game, and and they and they did, and they and you know FPC they turned the ball over a couple times. You know it wasn't a completely clean game for them. They just they were unstoppable on the ground. That was everything to me.
1: You know we'll go back to my keys to the game and see how they panned out right now. Because sometimes I think I'm not an X's and O's guy, and I'll admit that freely. But sometimes I get it right. You're not a kisses and
0: that- you're not a kisses and hugs guy, Mike. Is that is that what you're saying?
1: Well, I don't know <laughs> if I should really go into that here. Oh, sorry about that. Okay. You know, oh, X is no. I got you. I got you. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, but I said that Matanzas needed to start fast. You know, they had they turned the ball over early in the game. They needed to attack that secondary, and they had their chances tonight, and they just weren't able to connect. And I think DaQuan Evans is still getting his timing right, still kind of struggling to hit his stride. And I said they needed to get FPC off schedule. They needed to test Gonzalez. They needed to keep the elephant off the field. They did do that. They kept the elephant off the field until late. But the reason is because it was always second and four. It was always third and two. It was always third and short. And that is because of Marcus Mitchell. For FPC, I said to slow the game down. And FPC ran the ball almost 40 times tonight. Marcus Mitchell had 24 carries. They did that. Went up front on defense. And I think for the most part, the defense – They won up front. You know, Kronk had two sacks. LaPepa was in the backfield all night, as always. But for the most part, Matanthus did a pretty good job, I thought, of protecting nearly McGuire getting hurt really hurt them. You know, Cole Hash played most of the game at running back, but because he was playing both ways, you can't really put a lot of mileage and put the ball in his hands too much. And so it was really on Quan Evans to be the running game, and he did a good job with that. He had 10 carries with 77 yards. And then get Cronked up. Now, Colby Cronk was he a menace like normal? He had two sacks. He had a fumble recovery. You know, his his first sack of the game killed a Matanzas drive, and then he had a fumble recovery. So in the first quarter, when it was fourteen nothing, it was fourteen nothing largely in part because of the defensive plays Colby Cronk made. And then they did a pretty good job adjusting and making adjustments to keep Colby Cronk from really tear, destroying the game. But, you know, by and large, FPC did everything they needed to do to win the ballgame last night.
0: Oh, yeah. It was a dominating performance for an entire half. The only points the Pirates were able to put on the board was on a safety, a bad snap on a punt. So special teams failing the Bulldogs there. And and penalties, when you look at it, uh, they were pretty even. Um, Just some of the penalties called on the Pirates were in the worst possible moments of the football game, you know, uh, Um, touchdown being called back and all of that Uh, so you know not a clean football game both teams committing a lot of penalties and you know the Bulldogs were just better last night better running game more efficiency from the quarterback position defense stood taller Uh, just they were just a better football team last night and you know after Bishop Moore I can't say I'm completely surprised by that, but I was also expecting for sure. I was expecting a better performance from the pirates. I thought they would be in this game. I thought it would be a tight game. Um, and, and we said, we talked about it on, on the show last week when we were getting ready for the potato bowl. I thought this was a pick 'em game. I thought we were, we were looking at a, a football game that was going to come down to the final possession. Maybe whoever has the ball last is going to score and, and they're going to, they're going to pull it out. But uh, I did not see this coming. I did not see this dominant performance and it makes you think it really does. Uh, last week, I was talking about, well, well, who are the bulldogs, right? Uh, are, are they the team that we saw against Swanee? Are the team are they the team that we saw against Bishop Moore? Um, you know And here's here's FPC once again uh, telling us or, or showing us who they are. We you remember us, we're that team that won a district championship last year, uh, despite having being forced to, to forfeit some games, you know, we were still district champions. We're a team that made it to the playoffs and were competitive against a team that was undefeated. You know, we, we were in that game for most of the game uh, until Bartram trail pulled away. That's who we are. You know, don't forget it. And I think a lot of people may have forgotten it because of some transfers and, and the new coaching staff so you're not sure what to expect and uh you know coach fish he'll be the first to tell you you know i know he feels it he he knows that there are people that don't believe in what they're doing didn't think that they could be successful this season and maybe you would give him a pass for that because it is a year of transition and you need a little bit of time to implement your system and 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 develop your game plan and your players and 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 have them understand what you expect of them. But man oh man, we we have seen a quick quick turnaround and I really think that you have to give the coaching staff, the entire coaching staff over there at FPC a lot of credit because, you know, there was some adversity there and it wasn't a perfect start, but they've been able to fight through it and I really think the the kids and the coaches are all rallying around each other because you know, they feel like they have something to prove. And for two straight weeks, they're proving it and then some because they look really good.
1: Most coaches, when you get hired to a school, most schools make coaching changes right around winter break and try to find before winter break and try to hire a coach by the end of winter break, so they can get them in the school for January and get them in the football class and get all the all the X's and O's installed over the off season and. So Daniel Fish started off three months behind the eight ball because Robert Paxia quit in the middle of the day, in the middle of March. Literally the day after signing, you know, hey kids, congratulations on going to college. We're doing big things here. And then 45 minutes after talking to me about what he's gonna do with the program, he resigned and went to Georgia. So so Daniel Fish, he didn't have that three months before spring practice to have the football class and get the team doing their weightlifting regimens that he wants them to do doing the training that he wants to do, putting in putting in the offense and you know, all those little things that you do in football class to get ready for football season. He didn't have any of that. And then FPC had already lost Ashton Bracewell, who's going to Florida State because he graduated. DJ Murray's gonna be a division one ball player. He transferred Rodney Hill transferred. Rodney Hill's going to be a Division One. You lost three Division One team players off a playoff team. You're not thinking. The expectations are low. And he went through three quarterbacks in the summer. And, you know, like I said, that first week you had three quarterbacks and you didn't really know what to make of them in the kickoff classic. And that's one thing I can say. I've seen every snap that FPC has played since Daniel Fish has arrived. And so I've seen the improvement. I saw a difference in the even if you went from the first quarter of the spring game to the fourth quarter of the Swanee game, there was a difference. You know, the Swane game wasn't pretty, but even at the end, I think he figured some things out. Ajede is somebody they can use. You know, Marcus Mitchell, when he's healthy, he's something to deal with. He's an issue for other teams. We we saw Caden Gonzalez take the quarterback job. We've seen the defense get better. They're young in the secondary. They had one interception tonight that got that they called incomplete. It was very close, and they had they made plays. That young secondary continues to make plays. Those young linebackers seem to be every Zayden Green seems like we call his name constantly. He's a menace as well. He's you got of course Colby Cronk, but it's not just Colby Kronk We talk about him a lot because guess what? He does a lot of things. <laughs> but there's nine other guys around there playing their butts off and getting to the ball and making plays. And I think we saw. I don't I don't discount Matanzas because of tonight. You know, FPC did that against the Bishop Moore team that hasn't missed the playoffs in six years. I think Matanzas is still a playoff team. They're doing this against good teams. You're going to have a big test Thursday against University. You know, they've got a high-flying offense, so FPC is going to have a big test on defense, and it's going to be a test for the offense to see if they c- can keep up with University. But I think they're ready for the challenge. Yeah,
0: I think they're ready for the challenge, and, and the coaching staff, you give them a lot of credit. I Even... In the game against Swanee, Coach Medlock's offense, I just, I really felt like they were running great plays. They just weren't executing, and they weren't getting consistent quarterback play because they played three different quarterbacks. But I could see on the routes that receivers were getting open. When they got the ball, they were able to make plays. You saw the potential in the running game. They It just wasn't there yet. They weren't quite ready, but... But but uh, the offensive philosophy, it's there, man. And they got weapons, and they're tough to stop because they can run the football. And, and, and Gonzalez, with all of his weapons around him, he can make some plays. So uh, this is going to be a team to watch this year. And, you know, first week, first couple weeks, you're not sure. I think they're a playoff team for sure.
1: I think so. And it's going to be – they're in a kind of district where they're going to have to win some muck-it-up games. We've already seen – I've seen Nice. You've seen Tokoy as well as Nice. I mean, I've you've seen Nice. I've seen Tokoy. Uh, you know what I mean. I know what I you're saying. Niece the, I saw Nice. <laughs> I saw Tokoy. Inn. I know that we saw Tokoy <laughs> together. So I've seen two of their district opponents, um, two of their three district opponents, and I think they have a really good chance to win this team. Panavida. I'm not sure about Panavida. They won thirty-five nothing against Middleburg last night, but the jury's still out on Panavida. They played Bartram tough. I'm not sure that Bartram team is the same team as they were last year, especially with Riley Trujillo out with an injury right now, and they're playing the sophomore Jaden Weatherly. So that district to me is wide open. Tokoy continue to struggle. They struggled to score last night. They did beat Eustace, but they did struggle to score. I think that's a very winnable district. You know, we'll know right away, though. Two weeks from now, we've got FPC's district opener against Ponte To me, We talked last year that FPC-Neese was the game. I think this is the game right here. I think whoever wins that game in two weeks is going to win the district. And I, I don't have any doubts that FPC is going to have a really good chance to win that district.
0: All right, let's get to the coach, Mike. You had a chance to talk to the coach after the game, right?
1: Yes, sir. I talked to Daniel Fish after the game and got his thoughts on winning his first potato bowl. Coach, is this validation for your team?
2: Uh, absolutely, man. I know we still have a lot left to prove. we, we got a tough schedule ahead, but um, Matanzas was a really good football team, and we came out here, and, we, and, and I thought we beat up on them pretty good. They made a lot of great plays, and they competed a lot better than I think the scoreboard said. But, yeah, man, I, I think this is kind of letting everyone know we're, we're still FPC. Um, we're going to play hard. We're going to compete against every team we play against and match up against, and we're not going to shy away from any type of competition or any team. So,
1: yeah, I think so. Your teams continue to play with physicality. Tonight was no different. Is that the expectation from the team? Absolutely, man.
2: You know, as we talked about last week, um, that bye week, as unorthodox as it was, being in the second week, it came at a perfect time. And we really changed the tempo of practice and and started going best on best and and doing some live situations so that that we could – work on becoming more physical and now that's kind of our trademark we want to go and and be as physical as we can on both sides of the ball and and getting into that third and fourth quarter we we really wear people down and, and we don't stop
1: we keep it coming and we we kind of smell blood in the water and we keep attacking you always talk about your defensive line it starts with your defensive line they were disruptive early and helped your team get out in front by getting you the ball back early absolutely man um
2: Everything starts with, it, starts with them up front, and I'd say the same goes for our offense line as well. Um, the, the, both sides are making plays for us. They're opening up gaps for Marcus to run through. The defensive line is putting pressure in the quarterback's face and, and making them get the ball off quick to help some of our younger guys in the secondary and guys in the secondary and, and at that second level are where, need, where they need to be and, and playing their role and doing their job. So super proud of everyone, man, all the way across the board. Everyone
1: competed and everyone played well, I thought. Your offensive line, Marcus Mitchell is a great running back having a great offensive line like that that's how you run for 340 yards talk about your offensive lines play tonight
2: outstanding man those guys two weeks in a row have been the most physical group on the field and and you know they're getting that work against our our 1d line often uh throughout the week and i think that's really they've rose to their competition level and and they've improved so much going against those guys and they, they took it personal after that first game and after that kickoff class They're not performing well, and, you know, they, they didn't pout. They didn't cry. They didn't make excuses. They came together. They worked harder, and, and, and those guys are doing an outstanding job. I think Marcus would agree. I think everyone would agree. So um, we're very proud of those guys, and, and I tell them every game, hey, we're, we're riding y'all's shoulders all the way home. So
1: Marcus Mitchell told me tonight he's still got a lot of work to do. He's not quite where he wants to be. You know how hard he's worked this off season and into this season. What does it mean? What does how does it, What is that what is tonight's performance show about him?
2: Uh, I think it shows that the, the potential he has, you know, Marcus is such an outstanding player and he's displaying it every week, but Marcus knows and all of us on the FPC sideline know he's got more. And it's and that sounds crazy, but it's true. The kids but the kids, uh, talent level is limitless um he can do anything that, that he wants to do he's just got to continue to to get better in practice get in a little bit better shape and and marx is going to do insane things over the next two years we're super proud of him man and, and the way he's performing and he's really taken on a leadership role with his voice and with his actions this year and, and i think that's what i'm most proud of uh, marx is very determined he's he's a kid as we say it's going to take all 11 to get him down and I mean, you can see improvement week to week, and that's hard to say about a kid who's so talented, but, you know, he finds ways to get better each week.
0: Yeah, you love to hear Coach Fish talk about Marcus Mitchell and what an incredible player he is, and no mystery here, uh, Mike. I think it's, it's pretty easy to say that the player of the game was Marcus Mitchell, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any question. In fact, we talked about the great jobs we have. If we gave it to somebody who wasn't Marcus Mitchell, we probably shouldn't have those jobs.
0: <laughs> 100% true. And you had a chance to talk to him as well, right?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. So I was
0: fired up to talk to Marcus after the
1: game.
2: All right, here it is.
1: 283 yards tonight, Marcus. Oh my gosh. Are you for real? I'm for real. 283 yards. That's crazy. That's crazy. You worked so hard to get back this season. Yeah. What's it like to have a night like tonight to come down? Big game against a rival. Maybe some people thought you were an underdog. What does it mean to you to have a game like this to help carry your team?
2: Man, it ain't even about the carrying part, man. We all worked as a team. You no, know, I wouldn't have done it without the O-line, without the defense getting stops. But, I mean, it feels great to have a great breakout game like this. I just want to let everybody know that I'm out here and I'm ready. That's
1: all it is, baby. Is the best part of the game for you the fourth quarter when teams are worn out, they're tired and all because you beat them up for so long? And- they still have to tackle you, and you know it's going to be a struggle? Yeah,
2: that's my favorite part. I, I love punishing people, and I love wearing them out because at the end of the game, they don't want to tackle you. It's just just free yards, free touchdowns, and they just give up. That's all it is. just got to wear them out.
1: you got a lot of big goals for this season. I know you have some personal goals. You have some team goals. How do you feel? Your What do you think of your progress towards those goals so far? I
2: mean, I definitely still got to work harder, to be honest, because I'm definitely out of shape. I dropped like ten pounds. I'm unstoppable. That's what I think.
0: Oh my goodness, he's out of shape. What does that say about me, Mike?
1: <laughs> Rich, I'm not running for 283 against the defense like Matanzas. I can tell you that.
0: I'm not running for two, two eighty three.
1: <laughs> I was goodness. walking back. I was walking back to the press box after he said that, and thinking, man, in shape, Marcus Mitchell might be the scariest running back in the state.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, come on.
1: Wow. I mean, he's doing that against, like I said, he's doing that against a very, very good defense. He did it against a very good Bishop Moore defense last week. I, I, I had expectations, 120, 130 yards. That's a good game, right? I sold him short.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. I mean, the guy was yeah,
1: 137 yards by halftime.
0: Incredible. Really? Really? He was unstoppable. that That's one of the most dominant performances I have ever seen from a running back. At this I've level, seen a,
1: I've seen a lot of them. I've seen Deron Green from FPC, Sean White from Matanzas, Daniel Dillard from Matanzas, Kayshawn Bird from FPC, Philip Philip Moultrie, as you talked about, was a workhorse back. We've seen some good running backs come through Football County. I've never seen a performance like that. Yeah, Never. That, that's. And a, I don't think you have either. No. Not, at least not from the FPC or Matanzas side of the ball.
0: No, for sure. Like you said, and, and yeah, there hasn't been a shortage of great backs uh, coming through here. But that that was one for the ages. All right. Next week, Matanzas Atlantic. Quick preview, Mike. What do you got?
1: Well, Squatty Bell's team is up and coming. Um, Jeremy Bell, their head coach, is. Travis Rowland's cousin, so you know they he's got some good football roots. And Atlantic has been, their record's not great, but Atlantic is a tough team. They're gonna battle Matanzas. Don't let the record fool you. This is gonna be a knockdown drag em out fight because that's how Atlantic plays. This is not your father's Atlantic team. This is getting to be where this is gonna be a team that was like DJ Mayo's Atlantic team. Jeremy Bell, Squatty's gonna have him, has his team ready to play. They've got a a Swiss Army knife and Kwasi Kwaku, who is very tough to defend, and I think he's going to challenge the Matanzas defense. But I think it's going to be a good game, and I think Matanzas is going to win the game. But I think it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be like a twenty to seventeen game. It's going to be a battle because one thing about Squatty, he doesn't have the best team on paper, but those kids play hard every week, and they're going to they're going to make trouble. You you'll probably beat them, but it ain't going to be easy.
0: All right, we'll be right back at the ship next Friday. The Atlantic Sharks, the Matanzas Pirates, don't miss it on the WNZF Sports Network, on the radio and streaming on YouTube. Congratulations, FPC Bulldogs. You are the Potato Bowl champions for 2023. That's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Have a great weekend, Flagler County.